0: Wednesday, April the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Bolsonaro's pandemic response investigated and big tech's profits soar. First, the world in brief. Brazil's Senate launched an inquiry into the government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. President Jair Bolsonaro was a vocal critic of lockdown measures, touted quack cures and bungled the vaccine rollout. Brazil's COVID-19 death rate per 100,000 people is the third highest in the world. The inquiry could provide months of embarrassing allegations ahead of the next presidential election in October 2022. India's horrific explosion of COVID-19 cases showed no signs of slowing, with almost 363,000 new infections recorded yesterday. The country's cumulative death toll reached 200,000, though that figure seems so drastic an understatement as to represent wishful thinking. Local reporters identified more than 1,100 uncounted deaths last week in Delhi alone. Academic models suggest that infections might be 5 to 30 times higher than the official figures. The pandemic continued to bolster big tech firms' accounts. Alphabet, Google's parent, posted record quarterly revenues of $55.3 billion, while those at Microsoft grew by 19% year-on-year to $41.7 billion. The family of Lee Kun-hee came to an agreement on how to settle a $10.8 billion inheritance tax bill, one of the largest in history. Lee, the patriarch of Samsung, a South Korean conglomerate, died in October, leaving an estate worth more than $20 billion. Some 23,000 artworks, including Monet's and Picasso's, will be donated to museums, with other assets channelled into charities and health research. Washington, D.C.'s police suffered a ransomware attack that compromised sensitive data on informants. Babuk, a Russian-speaking hacker group, threatened to release the information if it is not contacted within three days. Earlier this month, the group also attacked the Houston Rockets, a basketball team. But in that case, the side security software prevented a full data breach. A new study in Nature Climate Change, a journal, finds that the world emits 5.5 billion tons more carbon dioxide each year than countries' emissions data report. That gap is equivalent to America's annual emissions. It is caused by discrepancies between national and international models for reporting pollution. Some countries also overestimate how much carbon is absorbed by their forests. BP reported stronger-than-expected first-quarter results thanks to improved demand for natural gas and higher oil prices. Underlying replacement cost profit, BP's preferred measure of earnings, rose from $791 million in the first three months of 2020 to $2.6 billion this year, $1 billion more than analysts had expected. The British oil giant also said it would buy back $500 million of its shares this quarter. And fact of the day. If all goes to plan, the world could produce as many as 14 billion doses of COVID-19 vaccines this year. And now, here's today's agenda. Victory Lap. Tech Giants Earnings. Alongside their big tech peers, the pandemic has hugely benefited Microsoft and Alphabet, Google's parent company. Companies, their most important clients, are fast-tracking digital transformation initiatives, rewarding both firms' cloud computing businesses. Office workers have gone remote, powering Microsoft Teams and Google Meet. People live and socialise online more, a boon for Google's search advertisements as well as for Microsoft's gaming platforms. Even so, analysts were surprised by the bumper results two firms posted yesterday. Alphabet recorded record revenue of $55.3 billion for the January-March quarter up from $41.1 billion during the same period last year. Increased ad revenue, easily Google's most lucrative activity, is mostly behind the rise. Over the same period Microsoft reported revenue of $41.7 billion, up 19%, mainly thanks to its cloud computing division. Investors, however, remain mostly composed. Neither tech giant quite managed to join the exclusive club of firms worth over $2 trillion, current membership, Apple. Both have thrived in the COVID-19 era. Now they need to explain how they will do so as economies reopen. Adding up. Biden's Capital Gains Taxes President Joe Biden will today unveil a proposal to raise America's highest capital gains tax rate to the horror of rich investors. He wants to bring it into line with income tax rates, which he wants to increase as well. Americans earning $1 million or more would pay a top capital gains rate of 39.6%, up from 20% today. Investors must, in addition, pay an existing 3.8% investment surtax, as well as state levies on capital gains, which reached 13.3% in high-tax California. They are taxed on the gains resulting from inflation too. Companies, meanwhile, must pay corporate taxes, which Mr Biden also wants to increase, before they can return money to shareholders. He intends to use the extra capital gains tax revenue to pay for his, quote, American Families Plan, including more spending on childcare. His proposal should stop the rich concealing earned income as investment returns. The risk is that, by taxing investment more, he discourages it. Give me an F. Free speech for students. Today, America's Supreme Court mulls whether public schools may punish students for what they say on social media. Mahoney Area School District vBL involves a disgruntled Pennsylvania cheerleader who found an outlet in Snapchat when she did not make her team's top squad. Over a weekend, she posted an image of her upturned middle finger, accompanied by the message quote, "fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything." This did not amuse the coaches. They booted her from the team for one year. The jilted teen sued, and two courts ruled that the punishment violated her freedom of speech. Yet the justices face a dilemma in weighing whether off-campus speech may be policed. The teenager's lawyer says such oversight would quote, seriously undermine youngsters' freedom of expression. The school replies that fears of, quote, schoolhouse tyranny are overblown and administrators need tools to combat, quote, pernicious speech, such as harassment and bullying. Macron Clamps Down France's New Anti-Terrorism Law Five days ago, a female police officer was stabbed to death at a police station in Rambouillet, southwest of Paris, in a terrorist attack. Today, the French government will consider a new draft anti-terrorism law, President Emmanuel Macron's latest legislation, drafted before the murder, will entrench temporary anti-terrorism measures in place since 2017. These allow the use of algorithms by intelligence services to detect terrorists' communications with each other. They also make it easier for police to raid suspects' homes, make house arrests and close places of worship. The bill will reinforce surveillance of prisoners released after serving terrorism-linked sentences. Some 110 such detainees are due to be freed by 2023 posing a new challenge to France's stretched security services. Since 2017, the country has recruited an extra 1,900 intelligence officials and thwarted 36 plots, but terrorists still managed to mount 14 attacks. Getting Animated Yasuke and the Streaming Wars The story of Japan's first black samurai is getting an anime makeover, Yasuke, Netflix's newest Japanese-style animation series, makes its debut tomorrow. It is one of over 40 new anime titles the streaming heavyweight plans to launch this year. As anime continues to grow in popularity outside of its home market, so have demands that it better reflect its more diverse fanbase. Streaming services around the world are keen to profit from a genre that raked in more than $23 billion in 2020. Netflix will be more enthusiastic than most, as its growth in new subscribers is slowing. In its latest quarter, it attracted a mere 4 million, 2 million fewer than it had forecast. Rivals are eyeing anime's potential too. Last year, HBO teamed up with Crunchyroll, a dedicated anime streaming service, to expand its offerings and lost some of Crunchyroll's 4 million paid users over to HBO's max service. The streaming wars are getting ever more animated. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Harper Lee who was born on this day in 1926. The one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's conscience. That's it from The Economist morning briefing available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.